December 2022. Welcome to Muse News, the BCMA's monthly museum sector news podcast. Each month, we recap some of the latest breaking news, happenings, and announcements from museums, galleries, and heritage organizations across BC and beyond. I'm Leah Patterson, reporting with BCMA co-anchor Ryan Hunt. Join us as we explore the latest Muse News. Over to you, Ryan. Thanks, Leah. Prince George Museum reopens with a new look. For the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic began, one of Prince George's top cultural attractions is reopening. The Exploration Place Museum and Science Center, located near the banks of the Fraser and Achaco Rivers, has long held many roles. It's a licensed railway operating a 110-year-old steam train, a zoo holding a collection of reptiles and fish, a space where the Claitley Tenay hold important cultural artifacts, including the remains exhumed from the park in which the museum sits. After being closed to the public for the past two and a half years for a redesign, under the guidance of CEO Tracy Caligaros, the Exploration Place is reopening. For the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic began, one of Prince George's top cultural attractions is open to the public. Caligaro says that when the COVID-19 pandemic forced the museum to close its doors, she and her staff took the opportunity to rethink the space, applying for grants to update their look, reflect their mission, and core mandate. The result is a newly renovated space that focuses on what she describes as the two most important issues facing both Prince George and Canada as a whole, truth and reconciliation with Indigenous nations and climate change. The Maritime Museum of BC to open new exhibit showing sailors' handiwork on long voyages. The new exhibit will feature various DIY projects that sailors would use to entertain themselves. A new exhibit at the Maritime Museum of BC will detail a culture of DIY among sailors. The new exhibit, titled Darn It! Our Maritime Make and Mend Culture is set to open November 8th just in time for Remembrance Day. It'll feature different projects that sailors use to keep themselves entertained. The exhibit will show how sailors would carve, embroider, and repurpose anything they could for both entertainment and out of necessity. Sailors use their survival skills and techniques to mend items and create gifts they would give loved ones after they return from long periods of isolation. Through this do-it-yourself culture, soldiers would fight boredom. The exhibit will show that they turned a piece of cloth into something more, or mended their clothing and equipment, said Heather Feeney, who manages the collection and exhibits at the museum. The museum is open Tuesday to Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. This exhibit will run from November 8th until April 1st, 2023. The forthcoming Chinese Canadian Museum names its first chief executive. The institution is scheduled to open in summer 2023 inside of the oldest building in Vancouver's Chinatown. The Chinese Canadian Museum has hired Melissa Carmen Lee as its inaugural chief executive. Quote, I am thrilled to launch an important institution such as the Chinese Canadian Museum in the oldest building in Vancouver's Chinatown, Lee says, referring to the Wing Sang Complex, first built by a Chinese merchant in 1889. Quote, this is a tremendous opportunity for the museum to offer an authentic, place-based experience in sharing the histories and heritage of Chinese-Canadian communities. 
Lee's prior experience includes management and development, as well as curatorial, research, and programming, including her time as Curator of Education and Public Programs at Hong Kong's Taekwun Center for Heritage and Arts, a UNESCO World Heritage Site from 2016 to 2019. She returned to her hometown of Vancouver in 2019. Lee joined the Vancouver Art Gallery as Director of Education and Public Programs, pioneering new digital initiatives and broadening institutional relationships both locally and internationally. Ancient bison bones unearthed at Saanich Construction Site. Bison bones that are as much as 14,000 years old have been unearthed at a construction site for the new Nigel House, a home for adults with disabilities near Saanich Municipal Hall. The first bones turned up during excavation work in October, with more discovered Friday by workers, said paleontologist and geologist Ed Davies, who was brought to help with the ancient relics. Quote, we found two shoulder blades, a couple ribs, a whole bunch of toe bones, several vertebrae, and one horn, Davies said. We got a quite a good representation of what appears to be one animal. Davies said it is rare to find multiple elements of one animal in a context to work out the environment that that animal was living in. The bones, which have been taken to the Royal BC Museum for carbon-14 dating and DNA tests, were found in marine sediment, indicating there was flooding in the area at the time, as glaciers covering the lands were melting. This shows that bison were around at the time of glacial retreat, Davies said. That's kind of important, because it means there might have been large animal food sources for people who were migrating into the area. The area also included a sandbar populated with clams and snails. Over to you, Leah! Volunteers seek to uncover paper trail of Japanese-Canadian dispossession. Local researchers, volunteers, descendants, and new public databases are now filling significant long-standing gaps in the public record at the Sunshine Coast Museum and Archives, or SCMA. This year marks the 80th anniversary of the internment of Japanese-Canadians, most of whom were Canadian citizens following the December 1941 attacks by Imperial Japan on Pearl Harbor and Hong Kong. The only known estimate of the Japanese-Canadian population on the Sunshine Coast prior to expulsion is 78, and many communities never re-established themselves. Eight years ago, former museum curator Kimiko Hawks, whose grandparents emigrated from Japan before the war, penned a blog post and magazine article acknowledging a startling lack of information about early Japanese-Canadian residents. In 2014, SCMA posted a request on its website for volunteers to help with research to turn the number 78 into names and lives. The research is relying heavily on files from Landscapes of Injustice, a $5.5 million research and public history project led by the University of Victoria and partner institutions. The project holds an online database cataloging thousands of primary resources. The museum is also relying on guidance from the Nikai National Museum, the country's largest repository of community-driven Japanese-Canadian history. To fill in the historical record, current curator Matthew Lovegrove hopes descendants, family, friends, and others with knowledge will approach the museum to share their oral histories. He wants to create an exhibit about the expulsion on the Sunshine Coast specifically. Please reach out if you have any information that might help them. Pitt Meadows Museum nears finish line of relocation planning. The Pitt Meadows Museum is nearing the final prep stages for its move 
due to the upcoming construction of the Harris Road underpass. After years of working with the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority and the City of Pitt Meadows, the museum has now announced that it expects the final layout of the new heritage site to be available in the coming months. We hope that final plans will be in place by midwinter, but we still don't have a date for the actual move, explained curator Leslie Norman. In the meantime, the museum staff have continued to do prep work while keeping the museum operating business as usual, including packing up reserved storage spaces while also keeping the museum open to offer programs and tours. When it comes to the inevitable move, Norman expressed that the Pitt Meadows Heritage Museum Society has a number of concerns including the preservation of collections, which contain large machinery, and more than 3,000 objects at the general store. Norman says, quote, all of the artifacts need dry, heated, and secure storage, and finding such a facility could be complicated. The buildings themselves are built to be durable, and we know the companies hired for the move and resetup are very capable and experienced. We believe the buildings will weather it well." End quote. New interactive online exhibit features Richmond's turning points. The Richmond Museum is launching a new online feature exhibit, Turning Points, which explores key events that shaped Richmond as it is today. The experience uses archival images and fun facts to tell a variety of Richmond histories. Stories include the impact of the original city survey, the birth of the township of Richmond, the creation of a fishing industry, the arrival of war, town planning, hosting Olympic events, and building a sustainable city. Quizzes, pop-up photos, and historical snippets help to make the experience engaging and fun. We are very excited to make these stories available to people online for the first time, says Crystal Newcomb, chair of the Richmond Museum Society. Through this exhibit and others like it, the Richmond Museum is able to reach beyond the walls of our physical museum and help more people discover our city, its rich history, and the unique cultural heritage. The Richmond Museum's new website also features fascinating short videos about Richmond history and the people through the exhibit City Through Time, where visitors will discover 20 key dates that capture more than 150 years of Richmond's unique history at the mouth of the Fraser River. Several self-guided walking tours for neighbors, neighborhoods in Richmond access to the city's artifact database, and a wealth of information about Richmond Museum programs and events. Find more at richmondmuseum.ca. And now it's time for a new segment, Who's News on Muse News. This segment features staffing changes and retirements reported by you. We have lots of changes to share today. Sierra Bronkhurst has joined the Vernon Public Art Gallery as the Learning and Community Engagement Coordinator and Stephanie Puttister is the new Development and Administration Coordinator. A warm welcome to both from Donna Kennedy and the team. Lori Traylor at Shawnigan Lake Historical Society is excited to announce that in June they hired Catherine Gagnon, the former curator of the Cowichan Valley Museum, to work with them to help research and develop new exhibits for their expanded museum and to find grants to fund these new and future exhibits. Catherine has created many beautiful museum exhibits in her career, and Shawnigan Lake Historical Society is grateful to have her expertise on board. Promoted from within to increase capacity, the Vancouver Maritime Museum has restructured its collections and exhibition department. Previously, the associate curator, Mary Elizabeth Harrison, has taken over as curator. Her upcoming focus is on redeveloping and modernizing the permanent exhibitions. Promoted to Curator of Collections, Jacqueline Pollock will be implementing a new five-year collections plan that will tackle the backlog within the collection and will improve the organizational system. Simon Fleming has moved from Display Technician to Exhibit Designer 
and is looking forward to developing a visual story that engages with the museum's visitors. Congratulations to you all on these exciting new roles and responsibilities. The Bateman Foundation would like to announce the promotion of Acting General Manager Sarah Theopolis to Executive Director. Sarah started with the Bateman Foundation in 2015 and has increasingly gained leadership roles within the organization. First, she found success in grow the growth of social enterprise as a manager and later taking on the role as head operations and acting general manager. The Bateman Foundation is laser focused on our mission and vision, and I'm honored to help deliver this to the public with our brilliant team, said Sarah. David Snyder, board chair of the Bateman Foundation says, the Bateman Foundation board is confident and positive of our future. Sarah is surrounded by a strong team who will deliver our mission to reach more people. With Sarah's leadership, we know the gallery and education programs will continue to provide quality exhibits and programs people have come to expect. After 10 years as director of UVic Legacy Art Galleries, Mary Jo Hughes has retired. She teaches museum studies courses at UVic Continuing Studies and has opened Floating Islands Studio, where she shows her paintings on Galliano Island. Carolyn Rydell has stepped into the acting director role, and Katie Hughes is now curator of collections. They are also pleased to welcome Shannon Lake as community engagement coordinator and Anahita Ranjabar as collection system management coordinator, their small but mighty team. Miranda Duffy is joining the City of Richmond as a school's programs facilitator, delivering field trip programs to students at the Richmond Museum and Britannia Shipyard's National Historic Site. If you have news that you want featured in Muse News or our Who's News segment, send an email to bcma at museum.bc.ca. This is Leah Patterson signing off. Thank you and good night. <laughs>